This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Today we are focusing on verses 19 through to 21 of Seneca's 24th letter on despising death. And in these verses, Seneca is bringing in this idea that we've actually discussed before on this series, uh, but nonetheless, it's such a great idea that it's so good that we need to revisit it multiple times and hear it again, because it can really help us to think about death in a completely different way, right? And so, I'm going to stop rambling about it, and I'll start reading what Seneca says, and then we'll see what we can kind of take away from it. So, he says, quote, Allow me at this point to quote a verse of yours, first suggesting that, when you wrote it, you meant it for yourself no less than for others. It is ennoble to say one thing and mean another, and how much more ennoble to write one thing and mean another. I remember one day you were handling the well-known commonplace, that we do not suddenly fall on death, but advance towards it by slight degrees. We die every day. For every day, a little of our life is taken away from us. Even when we are growing, our life is on the wane. We lose our childhood, then our boyhood, and then our youth. Counting even yesterday, all past time is lost time. The very day which we are now spending is shared between ourselves and death. It is not the last drop that empties the water clock, but all that which has previously flowed out. Similarly, the final hour when we cease to exist does not of itself bring death. It merely of itself completes the death process. We reach death at that moment, but we have been a long time on the way. In describing this situation, you said in your customary style, for you are always impressive, but never more pungent than when you are putting the truth in appropriate words. Not single is the death which comes. The death which takes us off is but the last of all. I prefer that you should read your own words rather than my letter, for then it will be clear to you that this death of which we are afraid is the last but not the only death. End quote. Okay, so like I said at the start, this is an idea that we've discussed from Seneca before, but nonetheless, it's it's such an interesting idea and such a, a different way of thinking about death to, to how we usually like to think about death or how we usually have habitualized ourselves into thinking about death, right? Because often we will think that death is kind of this thing on the horizon. You know, we think about the event of death, whereas Seneca is kind of pointing out to us here that uh, death is something that happens every single day. It happens at every moment in our lives. You know, he actually says here, I think this is a beautiful way to put it, that counting even yesterday, all past time is lost time. The very day which we are now spending is shared between ourselves and death. 
that's a beautiful way of putting it, right? That each moment, each day is, you know, we're, we're kind of sharing it between us and death. That's what's happening. And so really what he's trying to do here is to shift our perspective and get us to see death from a different angle. We seem to always think that it is something ahead of us, something on the horizon, right, that is kind of coming towards us. Seneca's saying here, no, this is actually something that's behind you as well, right? Every moment is shared between yourself and death and all lost time, right? That is, that is time that belongs to death now. That is your dead past self, essentially. Such an interesting way to see it, right? And he said that it's it's not the last drop that empties the water clock, but all that which previously has flowed out. Similarly, the final hour when we cease to exist does not itself bring death, it merely of itself completes the death process, right? So again, changing our perspective, not seeing death necessarily as just some event on the horizon, but seeing death as a process that every single human being goes through from their birth until that event of death, right? It is the very process that we are going through. And so we've talked before about how Seneca believes that we need to actually learn how to die. You know, we need to learn how to come to terms with this fact that we are constantly dying. We need to learn how to deal with this process called death that is constantly happening throughout our lives. And I would say that it, certainly it has been the case for me that one of the most important elements of learning how to die, not that I think that my work learning how to die is anywhere near to being close, right? That'll be in the final analysis. Then you'll be able to see, did he go out kicking and screaming or did he go out with a sense of honor and and and, and calm? Uh, but, uh, but nonetheless, I've certainly felt that as I have understood more deeply that this is a fundamental process, it's a thing that is constantly happening to me, uh, you know, as I've understood that, as opposed to viewing death as this boogeyman in the future, uh, you know, there is a certain sense of calm in knowing that it is simply a process that is a part of you, and it's a fundamental part of the cosmos within which you are a part of. And so I get the sense that Seneca would have got a feeling of calm and peace within himself, uh, be at peace with death, knowing that death is not, as I said, some boogeyman in the future, but it's something that he's already been taking part of. It's something that he may have unconsciously been taking part of, but nonetheless, he's already pretty much a pro at it. And of course, you know, this doesn't necessarily tell the full story, uh, because even if you do know that you're taking part in this process called death, which we all are at all times, uh, and, and even if you understand that it's not necessarily just some boogeyman in the future, but that, as Seneca says here, that final moment of the event of death is merely the last death of all of the deaths that are happening throughout our lives. Uh, even if you understand these things, uh, you're still going to potentially have that feeling of, uh, well, you know, ultimately I'm still heading towards maybe that final uh, nail in the coffin and, uh, and I don't necessarily know what's going to happen there and life's pretty tragic and, and you know, we suffer all the way through life and then we die, what's going on there? Uh, we can all have these fears and anxieties around whether it is the process of death or the event of death at the end of our lives. But nonetheless, I think that what we really need to look at in order to complete the 
the picture uh, is this idea that Seneca is so insistent on that we should seek first and foremost the goods of the soul, uh, the goods that come forth from that spark of divinity, that spark of order that exists within you, uh, that, that thing that calls you forward, that pulls you towards a greater state of being. Uh, there's something about that, and this is something that we find in so many different uh, philosophies and religions uh, from around the world, this idea that there's something within you that if you're able to listen to that something and have that guide you in life, uh, you know, there's something about that that transcends the suffering and the death that happens in life. There's something about that that allows you to transcend uh, this thing called death, to overcome death. And even in this letter, Seneca has given us a whole bunch of examples of people from the past uh, who overcame death, according to Seneca, uh, meaning they lived an honorable life and at the end, they did not give in to their fear of death, but they faced it head on and they and they dealt with it uh, by living according to their values and their principles right to the very end. That's living according to the goods of your soul right till the very end. And so we can start to see these themes coming through this letter here where Seneca is essentially trying to say, listen, okay, understand that death is a process. It's not some scary thing that's coming on the future. It's something that we are always involved in. And the way that we overcome death, right, the way that we overcome the fact that we are constantly dying is by living a life of deep, deep meaning. How do we do that? Well, look at these great examples of people in the past who were able to do that, were able to shine as brilliant examples of dying honorably, right? Because right to the very last moment, uh, they were living according to the goods of their souls, the principles, the values that they held. You know, they showed us uh, that you can overcome death by not giving in to your fear of death. And then the final thing that I'll say on, on this passage uh, is just that Seneca says here, I think this is interesting. He says, I prefer that you should read your own words rather than my letter. For then it will be clear to you that this death of which you are afraid is the last but not the only death. And the words that he's talking about is this quote that he gave from, uh, from Lucilius. Might have been from Seneca. We'll see. Uh, he said, not, sorry, not single is the death which comes. The death which takes us off is but the last of all. So again, that idea that the death that takes us away, it's just the final death of all in our lives. And Seneca believes that this information is sufficient uh, to give you all that you need to take away ultimately from this letter. Don't read the letter, just read these words. It's very, very important to understand this. So again, I hope that these, you know, these ideas, repeating them uh, can help you to continue to think about how this, how this relates to your life, what it means for you in your life, uh, that death is a process uh, rather than just this event on the horizon. Uh, I hope that you have a think about this and, and have a think about, you know, meditate on uh, what this might mean for the way that you perceive death and what, would, what it might mean for, you know, the way that it actually helps you to live a fuller, richer life life, having that understanding. So again, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next time. <music>